0: Let me uh, add my welcome to you, if you're a guest today, or welcome church family, Uh, welcome those online. My name is Jeff Hookie. Obviously, it's hard to tell the difference between Jamie and I, but uh, I am a little bit older, so Jamie's off today, and I get the privilege of bringing a message to to you today. Uh, And before I get started, I ask you to pray pray with me, okay? Heavenly Father, we just uh, come before you. And I pray that uh, my words will be your words for us today, that your Holy Spirit will speak into the hearts of everyone listening. Father, just uh, use us as we seek to glorify you, to build up your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. The topic today is the body of Christ. And that's the... uh, church that's you as members of the church and we look at look at the the bible the old testament it's about the people of god the hebrews the israelites it's mostly about the people of god and then we move into the new testament and the first four jap- chapters are about the the life of christ where he is showing us the way the death of christ where he's dying for the forgiveness of our sins his resurrection to show us that he has power over death, and then 40 days later, his ascension, which takes place in Acts chapter one. And what, what do the believers do then? Jesus is gone. He's going to send his spirit. What do they do? They gather together and they pray, and they receive the Holy Spirit. And the rest of the New Testament, what's it about? So much of it is letters to churches, how churches should be, how churches should function, the members of the churches, which we're all members of the body of Christ. I don't think we can underestimate the importance of the church, the body of Christ. It kind of saddens me when somebody says, yeah, I'm a Christian, but I, I'm, I'm not part of a church. Meaning, you know, not bonding with other believers it's like you're missing out on what God's plan is and that's what we're going to talk about today so the church is the body of Christ it's God's people and it is meant to show the world the love of God and to come together to build each other up so the, the church and I talked about the storms. The church has always been in a battle and is now in a battle. So we are in a battle. And we're not the church, we're part of the church, capital C church worldwide, South Point, small C church. But we're in a battle. <clears throat> you, as individuals, are in a battle. And we're going to look at Ephesians 6. And see what that battle is about. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Now, whether you recognize it or not, there's this spiritual battle going on. It's affecting you individually, your marriage, your family relationships, your friends, your work, your church relationships, relationships in the body of Christ. This cosmic battle is occurring. And God wants us to know it and to be prepared for it and to recognize who the enemy is. You know, the enemy is not your spouse. The enemy is not your friends, your boss, one another. Satan is the enemy and the cosmic powers of darkness. And we also see in here in the scripture that we're to put on the full armor of God. We need to recognize we have at our disposal the armor of God. We walk in truth. We walk in righteousness. We we are ready to share the gospel, the power of God. We stand firm in faith, confident in our salvation. And all of this is wrapped up in prayer, prayer in the spirit. We have this. We are equipped because I tell you, I propose to you and you kind of see it. When Josh says, "Hey, how's everybody doing today?" Uh, maybe a little bit of reaction. you know it's like things have been tough the last few months, and they just seem to have been increasing for people. storms in your life, things going on in your life, things going on around you with your work, with your relationships, but we can overcome this because we have the armor of God. An awesome picture of the church, the body of Christ, is in 1 Corinthians 12. <clears throat> in that chapter, Paul starts off by talking about spiritual gifts. And then in verse 7, he says, To each, to each of us, each of us Christians, is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Every one of us has been given a gift of the Spirit, and we're to do something with that. We're to use it for the common good. We come together. That's one of the reasons we come together. You may have the gift of encouragement. Somebody needs to hear from you today, and they need your encouragement. You may have the gift of healing. So you need to pray for somebody today. We're we're there for each other in the body because in verse 12 it says for just as the body is one and has many members and all the members of the body though many are one body so it is with Christ we every one of us is part of this body this one body worldwide but also here this segment here at South Point so we have we have each other We have the church. We're the army of God. So we're equipped with the armor of God and we're the army of God. 1 Corinthians 12, 24 through 27 says, but God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. You are the body of Christ. I want to look back at verse, in verse 25 where it talks about there may, that there may be no division. you know that the enemy we need to recognize who the enemy is satan the spiritual forces of darkness in the cosmic places they know our enemy knows the easiest way to conquer is to divide first you've heard that saying divide and conquer he doesn't want us to recognize this over oh, the spiritual battle going on he doesn't want us to keep our eyes on christ and him as the true and devil is a true enemy. He wants us to be in strife, in division, in contention. And when those things start happening in your life, realize the root of it. Wait a minute. This isn't what's supposed to be happening. My spouse isn't my enemy. My family member's not my enemy. Somebody in church isn't my enemy. What, what, so why is this happening today? Well, a couple things. One, you know, we still have this flesh and the, this war within us, this, that, these passions, that war within us. We want our way. It talks about in James, you know, we have these quarrels. And why do we quarrel? Because of these passions within us. We want our way and we don't get our way, so we fight. So we, we're battling this flesh, but we're also battling the voices of culture the voices of the world, the political voices, <clears throat> the social media, all of these ways that we're getting bombarded with all these voices. And what are they saying? They're saying, it's all about you. They're saying, it's always somebody else's fault. They're saying, you should take offense at everything, take offense at And they're saying, blame others when you don't get your way. And they're saying, you should strongly voice your opinion about everything. And you deserve it. So we're hearing that constantly, constantly. And we see it all around us. We see culture, everybody in culture attacking one another all the time. And the sad part is... That atmosphere of offense and blame and conflict is infiltrating into the church. And I'm not just talking about South Point, but it it can happen here. The church as a whole, Christians are starting to act like that. And that's not how we're supposed to be. We're not supposed to act like the world. So, any of you remember the old Burger King slogan anybody remember that have it your way remember that have it your way from the early 70's some of you don't know what I'm talking about but they're slow. have it your way <clears throat> and I didn't realize this until recently but back about 10 years ago they changed it anybody know what they changed it to it's be your way kind of a more new agey thing right Not just have it your way, but be your way. Well, that's not how it is in the kingdom of God. It's not about your way. It's not about having it your way. It's not about being your way. It's about doing it God's way. Following him, following his instructions. Be willing to lay down your life for others. Be willing to humble yourself. Swallow your pride, get rid of your pride. Humble yourself. Put others before you. It's it's not about you. It's not about me. We're not to be like the world because what does that do? It causes division. Division and defeat. So the church is not to be an imitator of culture. Getting caught up in the culture. But rather... We are to be a godly influence on the culture. We're to influence the culture. Wow, that seems like a pretty daunting task, doesn't it? How are we going to influence all of those voices? Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. We have Christ. We have his spirit in us. Let me show you how Jesus wants us to influence the world. In John 17, what an amazing chapter John 17 is. I just love this chapter. It's Jesus, the Son of God, praying to the Father God on our behalf, on the behalf of believers that were present at the time and in the future. I mean, can we wrap our head around that? The Son of God praying to the Father God for us. I was trying to wrap my head around it. I think, you know, the most I can expand my mind in that is like a firecracker, okay? But how it really is is, is like an atomic bomb. That's how far off my concept is from this prayer. <clears throat> I just can't get my head around that. So in John... In, um, so Jesus talks out, starts out in this prayer talking about the glory of God. And then he begins to pray for the, his followers. And then in verse 11 he prays that they may be one. Jesus wants them to be one. And then in verse 20 he's praying for you and me. Jesus prayed for you, prayed for me. It says, I do not ask on behalf of these alone, talking about those who are with him, But for those also who believe in me through their word, that they may all be one. Even as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you sent me. The glory which you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one. Just as we are one. I and them, you and me, that they may be perfected in unity so that the world may know that you sent me and love them even as you loved me. Isn't this amazing what Jesus prayed? Three, four times if you count being perfected in unity, but three times he prays that they may be one. That the believers may be one. Three times. How important is it to Christ that we be one? Again, it's kind of like my firecracker brain mentality compared to an atomic bomb. We must be one. That we be perfected in unity. Because when we stand together, nothing can defeat us. And why are we doing this? Well, sure, we're here as a body. We're here to love one another, to build one another up, use our gifts for the common good. But also, what does it say here? So that the world may believe that you sent me. And also, he says, so that the world may know that you sent me. This is how we influence the culture. tells us right here when you're in unity when you're one when you're loving one another in this body this church and not just here the big church the world sees it and we are influencers of the world people believe become believers through that think about that we have the power of the prayers of jesus the son of god so we have we have the armor of god we're equipped with the armor of god we're in the army of god we have one another and we have the power of the prayers of jesus christ on us as the church wow can anything stop us And I ask, what are, are, are we, as members of South Point, standing in unified love for one another in this battle? Are we an example of what a true scriptural church looks like? You know, <clears throat> I love the church, capital C. I love South Point. I love the members here. They all are awesome. There's... So many loving people here, serving one another, loving one another, taking care of one another. I mean, it's just constantly we see this family taking care of one another in so many ways. If we're doing that, we're loving one another in the way Jesus prayed. We're influencing the culture. Now, again, our enemy, the devil, he wants us to keep our eyes off Jesus, and he wants us to get caught up in strife. He wants us to, to uh, be ignorant of God's word so that He can influence our thinking. Now that's part of the armor of God is the word of God, the sword of the spirit, it's being able to speak it into situations. Then he wants us to sow contention rather than unity. So the bottom line and all that, Satan wants to divide and conquer. He wants to divide you, me. He wants to divide marriages because he is terrified of marriages, of strong, unified marriages. <clears throat> My wife, Kathy, and I were teaching a marriage class right now, and that's one of the things we've been talking about, you know, when? When a couple is in harmony in a marriage, it's one of the most powerful forces on the planet. You know, it's the first institution that God created. He said they will be one, one flesh. A couple in harmony is one of the most powerful influences on the planet. Another is the church, a church in unity, loving one another, standing together, being what God has called us to be, is one of the most powerful forces on earth. We have that. We have the armor of God and the army of God, the prayers of Jesus, And another thing we have is the promise of God for eternal life. So it's not just about the here and now. It's forever. <clears throat> you know, I think we've seen the intensification of attacks, <clears throat> spiritual, the spiritual battle going on around us. It's hard not to see it. And it's going to get more intense you know, it may have calms, but it's going to gradually get more intense, and maybe not in my lifetime, but, you know, maybe some of these kids are really going to see it. These attacks are going to become more intense. The attacks on truth, you know, you stand for truth, you're going to be attacked. You have the armor of God on, you're going to get attacked. When you stand for truth, you're going to be attacked. When you When you proclaim walking in righteousness, when you walk in righteousness, you're going to be attacked. When you share the gospel, you open for attack. And on and on. We're going to need to be unified more than ever. You need to be in your marriages unified more than ever. And working on maintaining that unity promoting that unity, looking for ways to build that unity because the world is trying to destroy your marriage. The world is trying to destroy Christians. The world is trying to destroy the church. And how do we guard against that? It's like I've been talking about. These, these, these things are not just for the church, although that's what we're talking It's also for your marriage, your relationships. So we have... The armor of God. We we are equipped with the armor of God. Make sure you're walking in it. Be a part of the army of God. Using your gifts for the common good. Excuse me. We have the power of the prayers of the Son of God on us. And we have the promise of eternal life. How can we fail? We can't. We cannot fail. We'll overcome. We will overcome. All it takes is you. It's up to you. It's not up to your spouse. It's not up to your neighbor. It's up to you to do this. And I'm going to pray here in a moment. If, If you don't know what what it means to be a part of the family of God the body of Christ if you've never taken that step please see me as afterwards or see me as we're in prayer time and we're also going to enter into a time of communion and we can talk about that but also as I'm praying I want you to ask God show me God how I can stop any strife, division show me God what I need to do to promote unity and harmony and harmony I, sure, I, I just love you all. Uh, I love this church. <laughs> and I'm just excited to see the days ahead. So let's pray. Father, we, we thank you that you have equipped us, you have joined us together, you have filled us with your power, you have promised us victory. All we have to do is walk in it. Walk in it. Keep our minds set on things above and stand firm in this battle, this spiritual battle. Stand firm in unity as the body of Christ. Speak to us, Lord, now and in the coming moments of the, as we gather in communion and throughout the week. May we be promoters of unity.